Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. Hello, Pearls. Welcome to another episode. Today, I'd like to start us off with a poem by Lola Ridge. It is called Mother. Your love was like moonlight, turning harsh things to beauty, so that little wry souls reflecting each other obliquely as in cracked mirrors beheld in your luminous spirit their own reflection, transfigured as in a shining stream, and loved you for what they are not. You are less an image in my mind than a luster. I see you in gleams, pale as the starlight on a gray wall, evanescent as the reflection of a white swan, shimmering in broken water. Thus ends the reading. Ooh, I like that poem, Jamie. I like that poem a lot, Um, especially as it gives me all good warm feelings on the inside about my own mother um, as I think about her. And so my adventure of today will be one that is situated around my mom, um, Mrs. Patricia Williams. She's really great. My mom is a superb gift giver, and she is someone who just gives from the bottom of her heart, which brings me so much joy just to watch. Whenever you're having something, be it a birthday or Christmas, or maybe it just could be a Easter Resurrection Sunday, my mom would want to just give simply because she just wants to give. Particularly as it relates to um, my birthday, which was like the last big set of gifts that I got from my mom. Um, this year she told me, oh, I'm not really going to, you know, do anything. You're not going to get nothing, blah, blah, blah. Right. She always kind of does this set you up thing that makes you feel like you're not going to get something. And then all of a sudden she just kind of magically appears with all of these gifts. And so my mom being who she is, um, what was really funny because I didn't get a chance to see my mom on my birthday and I wouldn't see my mom until like a week or so after my birthday. So she decides, um, on FaceTime that she would show me my birthday gifts from miles away. And it was so funny. And now granted, there was still some gifts that were going to be a surprise, but I really appreciate the fact that no matter how far my mom is, no matter how far we are in terms of just space. Um, or whether or not we're going to get a chance to see each other, she still finds a way to try to make a birthday special. So when I was in college, she would send a gift um, in the mail. You get people like, oh, you know, well, that's what your mom should do, right? Well, yeah, but my mom would always make it super special in terms of just making it a package of little things that were not necessarily little as in like, oh, they're small, but just like a series of things that kind of fit my personality. And so my mom's gift giving is so in line with people's personalities that I think that's really special. And so this year um, I got jewelry, uh, particularly earrings, because I really like earrings. Um, And I got a new pocketbook because I kept saying I need a new black pocketbook. And so I got that too, among some other um, gifts as well. And so what I appreciate is mothers that pay attention to their children and what their desires, what their needs are, because every child is different. And so how our relationship to children should all be different. I'm really grateful that my mother's um, love language of gift giving is one that is also tailored 
to the interests of her children. Um, Patrice and I both like different things and we're different people. So I'm just really grateful that my mother as a woman um, decides that she's going to gift give in a way that is meaningful and that someone is going to enjoy. And so that is my mama adventure, my mama appreciation. And I love my mama in the spirit of Mother's Day. Awesome. Yeah. Mothers are really something. And I think especially from knowing both your mother and my mother, we both have mothers who are really something. And my mother's also like that with the gifts. And I'm one of these people who I'm a little bit picky in terms of what I want. And my mother is the type of woman who will go all over town looking for the exact thing that I want. Like I really wanted a purse that I could carry for conferences that was big enough to handle a laptop, a couple of books, a notebook. And she was all over town looking for the exact purse. I live all the way in California. So she was like putting stuff in the mail and I was like, this isn't the right thing. And she was like, send it back girl. Um, And she finally found me the perfect purse. It was exactly the color that I wanted. I'm really into the rose gold. So it was exactly the color that I wanted So yeah, mothers, you know, mothers be showing up for us. And I don't don't think that gifts are necessarily my love language, but having someone put that time and that energy into finding the exact thing that they know is really going to make a positive impact in my life, something that I can really use and have for the long haul, I think is so special. So Yeah, I think that is so special that your mom was really trying to make your birthday special, even though she couldn't see you in person. And I love the relationship that the two of you share with each other. So in honor of this Mother's Day 2019, what is it that we have to say today? Let me start here. And I know that it is now May 10th, I believe. It is mid-May. And so... My assumption is that every one of our pearly listeners has enjoyed Homecoming, Beyonce's documentary on Netflix. Portia, have you had a chance to check that out? Yeah. So, you know, Beyonce is mother of all things, mother to all people, um, whether she knows it or not. And I think that's a really, really big strain and pressure to put on Beyonce. Um, and so, you know, I say that uh, facetiously and jokingly, but um, Beyonce's mothering during um, homecoming, during her Coachella performance, that we got to see that through the eighth, eight month journey, um, just recently having her twins and being 218 pounds and getting back into this groove of just performing, being on stage, being in front of people, um, working hard, just getting her body back into a routine that she's been out of out of for a year. Um, and just to kind of see her bringing the children to set, bringing the children and nursing the children um, as often as she could, seeing Blue Ivy take part in um, with the dancers or just wanting to kind of just sing. And it's just really refreshing to see um, that she really is taking seriously her role as a mom. She takes serious her role as a wife. And 
Um, these are things that she's not willing to sacrifice just because she's Beyonce and we all love her. Because in her mind, I'm Beyonce and my family loves me and I have a role here too. Um, and just watching her negotiate and navigate that or or non-negotiate some of those things, I think is really important and a joy um, for all of us to see. I think it's really interesting to see the way that she balances mothering and work in that documentary. And I have been talking to some of the mothers who I know recently who are in more academic professions. I have a professor whose baby just turned a year old. I have a classmate whose baby is, will be a year in mid June. And I also have a friend at church whose baby will be a year this month. And talking to all of them, especially to my professor, she's very clear that despite all the feminist gains that we have made as a society, that society is still not prepared to have women who both work and also need to spend time with their families, right? Because it's a full-time job to have your children. And it's also a full-time job if you have a full-time job. And sometimes even more than that, if you are a woman at your full-time job. And so she said, Jamie, honestly, there is no work-life balance. When you are at home, you are completely at home with your family. And when you are working, you are completely at work. And then your family might interject into that. And you have to decide what you are going to do about that. And so it was really fascinating to see how this woman who is so famous, and as you said, she's the mother of us all, we really have put her on this pedestal. And I think it's something that especially happens with women of color. All of the mothering labor that we are expected to do, even to people who are not our children in any way, shape, or form. It was so fascinating to see her so fully committed to her work, right? Which is putting on this show. And she was putting on the show for all of us. And also being like, I have these babies at home, right? But it was also super fascinating. Um, I love the relationship that she and Jay-Z have with their oldest child, Blue Ivy, because Blue is so clearly a fan, (laughs) which I love. You know, now that Lemonade is streaming everywhere, I was just listening to Lemonade and I will continue to listen to it constantly. You know, on one of the songs where at the end, you can hear Blue Ivy's voice saying, good job, B. And like, just like the way that Blue Ivy has gotten used to, you show up to work with your parents, right? Like mom and daddy got to work. So I guess you'll be there too. But just the way that, like, like the lessons that we actually learn from seeing our mothers work and thrive and do a great job at work especially a mother like Beyonce who comes in and like, she's the boss, right? Like I thought that was something that was so interesting in the, in the documentary, because I will admit that I have definitely critiqued Beyonce. I don't know how much she's in charge of the entire Beyonce image. And then when I was watching that documentary to see her being like, no, we're not going to leave until we get this right. This is how I want it to look. This is how I want it to sound right. Like this is the vibe that I'm looking for. And to see a woman who is managing herself fully at work, 
managing herself fully as a mother, managing herself fully as a wife, managing herself fully just as an individual who needs to continue to work on herself. All of these things that mothers have to balance and that we so often as the children of mothers will take for granted, I think is so fascinating. But with that in mind, Portia, I'm wondering, what are your own um, inclinations toward mothering, whether in the physical sense of actually having children or adopting children or fostering children, or even like the work that you do with children and youth right now? Like, what are your own feelings about this becoming a mother process? Yeah, I definitely want to be a mother um, of of some kind, uh, for sure. Would be it um, natural birthed children, be it uh, adopted children or fostered children or um, children that are birthed in my heart um, through uh, youth ministry, which is my current context. Um, or, or even just like in mentoring, right? I have a very um, innate, like nurturing aspect to myself, which I realize is kind of growing more and more as I get older. You know, being a dog mom in particular uh, keeps that nurturing side alive. Um, I always just have a concern for someone who is not myself. Um, making sure that she is fed, making sure that she's walked, making sure that she's cared for. It it gives you like a window into how to be uh, concerned for another individual. And so, yeah, I definitely want to be a mother of, of some sort for sure. Um, and I'm grateful that I grew up in a space where I knew that mothering didn't only look like having natural birthed children. Um, in my home church, my um, my pastor and uh, pastor's wife, um, you know, we don't necessarily call her first lady, but that's what most people would say at their churches. Um, she and he, they were not able to um, physically conceive children. And they always knew that they had uh, the gift of parenting and the love of parenting. And so there were other avenues to birth children and to birth children in your heart. Um, a lot of the women in my life who are my mentors, a lot of them, uh, the majority of the women in my life who are, I consider to be mentors do not have children. Um, and for a long time, I kind of wondered if ministry and mothering, if they could go together. And it wasn't until I got older that I started meeting other women in ministry uh, who have children or working women who have children or uh, or, or children and fostering or um, nurturing other people's children um, that are there also their own. It's, it's always just a very interesting to me. And so I am learning um, just particularly as it relates to my relationship with God, that God is not always father, but God definitely is also mother as well that I am understanding what will it look like for me to be a parent and what will it look like for me to be a mother. And so right now um, I, I do serve in a surrogate mother role um, to a, to an extent because a lot of the children, a lot of the youth, a lot of teens, they will disclose information with me that they may not say to their parents. Now be aware if it's some information that I'm like, yo, you really need to tell your parents, we're telling your parents. 
because there's some information that should not be withheld or what's telling your grandparents because not every um, child is uh, being cared for by their parent. They have grandparents or aunties and uncles who have their guardianship. And so um, guardianship for me just is an important aspect of young people's lives. And so understanding that I play a role in their guardianship um, and making sure that I have a good connection and relationship with that, it helps me to understand what kind of a parent do I want to be. Um, and I'm probably going to be a parent that may not look just like the way my parents raised me. I might be a little bit more open um, because I'm growing up in a different time or coming up in a different time. Um, at the same time, I think there are some traditional things that I really appreciate that my parents instilled in me. And every now and then I hear my mother coming out when I'm talking to young people. I'm like, ooh, that sounds just like my mama. Um, but I have a very, very direct way of nurturing um, that's kind of a no BS, no bars, especially when it comes to teenagers um, who think they're adults. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to talk to you um, and communicate with you as if you are an adult in your mind that you are. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have a very direct approach just in general um, to people. I just kind of say it <laughs> and understand that people will deal. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, where I am. I have a desire to, to do that. I have a desire to, to be one, um, at some point, how that will manifest. I don't know, but I'm just kind of open to the journey and the process of becoming, um, a parent, you know, of, of, a, of some sort, a mother of some sort and just mothering. So yeah. That's always exciting. <laughs> How about you, Jamie? I do think that I am interested, potentially. Nobody put me on the record with this, even though I guess I'm putting myself on the record right now. Yeah, you know, mothering isn't a very interesting prospect to me. And in the day-to-day, it just changes your life so radically. And even in the long term, it changes your life so radically because that person is always part of the person who you are, right? And you you know them throughout, you know, hopefully throughout their very long life, you know? And I think there's, you know, I think about mothering and I think like, oh my goodness, it sounds so terrifying and so precarious. I, you know, especially when thinking about physically having children, I listen to the stories of Black women and of Latina women and Native women who tell me about the experiences that they have had with having children, some of which have been great, but many of which are like fraught and precarious and even potentially dangerous situations, which obviously they are telling me the tale. So they made it through, their children made it through. Um, But just seeing the statistics on how Black and Brown women are treated during the entire pregnancy process and, you know, the kinds of experiences and chances that we have and the experiences that Black children and infants have, right, like, um, is concerning to me. I also have a lot of political concerns about young women and girls, And so I also see, in addition to potentially having children myself, despite my concerns about that, I'm definitely interested in potentially fostering or adopting a Black child. And the reason for that is I get really concerned. We've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, and I know Portia and I've talked about it individually, 
that a lot of kids are ending up in gangs, ended up getting trafficked, like all sorts of situations. And part of that is because they don't feel like they have a home base that they can come home to and where they are loved and where they are supported and cared for. And that's judgment free. And that's just trying to help them move forward and to make other decisions. Right. And so I do think that it is part of just a political responsibility to take care of some of those kids. And like I said, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that looks like fostering. I don't know if that looks like adoption. You know, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's something that um, is really important to me. And I always really respect people who are committed to foster parenting in like a really like healthy way, not moving the kid around, like really giving them a secure place to land. So yeah, so that's something that's potentially interesting to me, but yeah, just when I think about parenting, I think about, you know, all of the joy, but I also think about all of the potential for other things to happen. I know, I guess I shouldn't say go wrong, but that things go differently than the way that you planned. And I think I'm, in general, I'm the type of person who doesn't want to disappoint anyone. And I know that if I have children at some point, I will disappoint them. That's how life works. And I especially wouldn't want to disappoint someone who is supposed to be able to look up to me and trust me. Right. And so, yeah, so I think it's like when I think about having children, I'm like, yeah, sounds great. Um, But at the same time, it's also something that makes me concerned. But I do think it is politically important for Black adults of all genders to take seriously the obligation to take care of the next generation in all of the many ways that that might be made manifest. So, yeah, I definitely hear you um, in that, you know, it's, oh my goodness. Like every time, like I really have like honest moments that, and I can be transparent that sometimes I get really nervous about having children um, of my own in the world that we live in, um, particularly as um, I think about my career, I think about how this world is, um, especially if I give birth to a uh, really a black man, uh, a black boy, um, even thinking about, I mean, black girls, I think about it. Um, I worry for them. If I have daughters, I worry for them <laughs> a lot, um, especially being a black woman. Um, but also getting ready to have a nephew specifically um, as my nephew's on the way. I I do worry about the talk. Um, and the talk, y'all, ain't the sex talk. I mean, that's a talk too. That's important, right? We do need to talk about human sexuality. But the talk with the police, the talk about um, what should make you, quote unquote, an upright, respectable young person in America. And what does that look like being black? So I worry about that sometimes. Um, that is something that is 
that is a deep concern, um, not just for the life of my um, soon soon come nephew, but also if I were to give birth to um, a black boy. And I worry about black girls. Um, I fear for the girls at my church all the time. Um, and not a fear as in, oh my gosh, I'm up tossing and turning in anxiety. But I, I worry for them because things are just different in terms of just things are more exposed, especially in the age of social media um, and online dating and just digital everything. Um, I just wonder, um, someone's always trying to peep behind the corner. Um, and people are actually sick out here and trying to hurt um, our kids. And it scares me <laughs> to know that. And even just from my own life as a young adult, you know, I, I worry for my own self, but I don't think that worry and anxiety should stop us from living and celebrating the accomplishments or celebrating uh, the beauty. And so I think one thing that Beyonce was definitely saying in the documentary is that she was so inspired by this generation of young people who are coming and learning and teaching and, and dancing and the way their bodies move and just how they are able to innovate. And so I'm hopeful for uh, the next generation. I'm hopeful for um, the children that uh, that we will birth into existence, be it naturally or within our hearts or who we will come to mentor, who we will come to love on and foster. I get excited for them because... Um, there are things that have been instilled in us that have been deposited in us that I don't think that are just for us alone. So I get excited about legacy. And so for me, I am, as much as I am fearful, I am also excited about the legacy that we are now charged to leave behind for children. Um, I am excited about what they will come to run with, the things that we imagine and dream and put into the world for them to take and run with and even innovate out of their own uh, creativity. I'm just excited. So um, I think, and I think that is a beauty because sometimes parents and grown folk all alike can have the capacity to want to stifle. Um, so I'm grateful that for parents that don't try to stifle, especially mothers who don't try to stifle the dreams of their children, but uh, hope to push their child into the direction of their dreams and to whoever God is calling them. And so uh, kudos to those mothers, to those parents who have a deep desire to foster and nurture the call that is upon their child's life and all of the ways that that takes shape. Because even us as grown women, our dreams are always uh, not changing, but they're evolving and how they evolve um, to have mothers that support us in that process is a beautiful thing. And so um, that's my prayer that as however a motherhood shows up for me is that I can be a mother that nurtures the dreams of the young people that come into my life. So, Jamie, I think that uh, we can move into a petty pearl. You know, it's Mother's Day and it is a time of celebration. You know, all the flowers go on sale. You know what I'm talking about, Jamie. All the roses, the tulips, the the carnations and all that Mother's Day. Um, you know, I will say uh, as a petty pearl on this fine Mother's Day weekend, 
is that if you have a mother who you are celebrating, I would say take the time to actually celebrate her while you have her, right? There are lots of mothers who have gone on to glory and Mother's Day can be hard for some. Um, But take the time to honor your mother because what can be really petty is when we have these strained relationships with mom for whatever reason, and I'm not judging, I'm not making a blanket statement. Um, If there is anything worth salvaging or saving that we can reconcile with our mothers and loved ones, we should try to do that, try to make amends. We should attempt to um, make space and give a gift or take her to lunch or take her out. Like whatever the gift is or the, the time that we're going to spend with mom, let it be meaningful. And so my prayer is that we're not so petty that, so I'm more so calling out the petty, that we're not so petty that we're going to hold on to things that are not uh beyond healing. So my prayer is that we can heal this Mother's Day to want to uh, go to mom and spend time with mom or um, take that flight to go see mom, whatever that looks like um, for you, um, if there, if it is even possible um, to take time to really spend time with mom. Um, because sometimes uh, folk want to bash mom. Uh, let this be the one day that you don't bash your mother. Um, if, if, if that means honoring mom this year, giving her the gift, giving her the gift of not bashing her, uh, or, uh, or not saying anything negative about her. Um, and just even being grateful for the life that you now have, um, being birthed into the world. So whatever that looks like, I say move forward and go with that. So, um, happy mother's day. We're excited. Um, share love, send mama a card, you know, the postage is like, what, 47 cents? Send mom a card, you know, do that. Don't be like, hey, mom, I ain't get you nothing. Send her a card, all that. Love you. Bye, pearls. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at just 2 pearls And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.